All right. So we are going to continue to this text number 33. When we are compelled by our conscience to accomplish all the commandments of God, then we shall understand that the law of the Lord is faultless. It is performed through our good actions, but cannot be perfected by men without God's mercy. This is a very nice text or a spiritual law because conscience is God's voice in us which rebukes us or praises us or inspires us to do God's will. As what St. Mark says that uh, if we try to follow this voice, if we try to follow God's commandments, and we have to admit that sometimes it is tough for us, and it sometimes it seems for us like impossible in this world and in this time to keep all these commandments we find in gospel. And sometimes we are in temptation to modify them for this modern time. But if we really follow this voice of conscience, Mark says that we come to understanding that these commandments <coughs> are perfect, are really very important, very useful and, and necessary for our life. And uh, so, and if you remember what uh, St. Ignatius says, that if we keep commandments, we feel, we find in keeping of commandments Christ himself. That this leads us to this unity with him because we are united with him, uh, with his will in that measure that this, it, it will cause this transformational heart which starts to get this back, this lost image and likeness with God. If we are sensitive to this voice of conscience, which is in us, and uh, it leads us to keep commandments, so this is sign for us that we are on good path. If this obedience to our conscience um, really is sign for us that well we can continue with some kind of confidence in our spiritual life. There is only one uh, there is one temptation which is connected with that when we are hearing this voice and we are obedient to this voice there is one temptation which can come, and it is temptation of pride. The temptation that says or praises us, well, you did it by your own effort. And uh, we have to avoid this temptation because uh, for sure, even this, this, this fullness of keeping commandments it's impossible without help which comes from above and without God's mercy and his grace. All right. I think that's enough for the text. Can you continue? No questions? All right. 34. Those who do not consider themselves under obligation to perform all Christ's commandments study the law of God in a literal manner, understanding neither what they say nor what they affirm. Therefore, they think that they can fulfill it by their own works. This is another text which, if we spend enough time over that, we can have this impression, the same mark, uh, wrote it for us, for people of the 21st century. 
because, well, there is no difference between, uh, or this impression comes from this simple fact that uh, even uh, society was changed, new technologies changed our life, and our life is totally different, I would say, in society and with tools which we have at hand. Uh, it's, it's very different from times of St. Mark. But what is the same is human heart and the gospel. If we go, if we read these texts of Holy Fathers, we easily can recognize that they were fighting with the same temptations, same passions, same like weakness as we are fighting. This cannot be changed with some kind of development in uh, with, in society. Actually, I would. I would say that that this progress we see and we experience and we enjoy even makes these temptations worse. Because, um, uh, and I think that we who are older, as I, if I go back just and I rec uh, recall life of my grandparents, what I can remember, so they lived a much simpler life that uh, when they were in my age, you know, if I compare it with myself in present time, much simpler life. And uh, I would say that there was like not 100% less, maybe 1,000% less, if, if I can say this. Uh, these these temptations or uh, uh, impulses from outside world, which would lead them to uh, to wrong way. So, uh, what I what is the same or or, or what from this text? is the same for us. He says that those people who don't see themselves are guilty in each commandment, so it means that they live like on surface. They live only in their, like in their body. Uh, they, they don't understand what they are saying. And what he is, uh, we, he he makes um, uh, uh, reminds the words from Saint Paul to Timothy, who uh, warned Timothy, uh, and he tells them there are like these false teachers, who uh, led people astray through false teaching or not correct teaching. And uh, he says that there is this, through this, he wanted to tell that we can stay on some kind of level in spiritual life when we probably can talk about faith, talk about spiritual life, but we don't experience that we are not fully there just because we didn't enter to the depth of these commandments but we keep them uh, just uh, uh, in shallow shallow way and uh, because of that uh, we can make the conclusion that we can reach something or reach salvation only through our deeds. Um, and I think this is something what is, uh, what is very present in our time. Not only that we uh, can have a lot of 
a lot of false teachers who spread their understanding of gospel and uh, <clears throat> but even uh, we ourselves because we don't go to the depth of commandments we don't try to understand them fully and follow them fully we are stripping them off of that radicalism which they have inside and which we are searching for and and we are searching and staying uh, on the very comfortable way how to live our faith. Actually, it, it ends with this like uh, desire, okay, I just want to be good person. But it is it's a conclusion. And many, t many people, they just think that that's it, just to be good person. Talking about that, I was, I came, uh, uh, there is a very short video from the time of COVID and uh, many started to broadcast online or publish online videos to like this encouragements or liturgies of prayers or whatever. And there was one man there and he was like, uh, praying in front of <laughs> of camera and behind them there were like these screens and many people were there listening to him and I was praying we are I am calling upon Holy Spirit and Holy Spirit penetrate these screens penetrate these screens and heal Paul heal dead and, and Holy Spirit may go and touch all of you I call Holy Spirit uh, I am sending Holy Spirit on all of you, and he made. <laughs> I said, "All right, the Holy Spirit are hit me now." You know? <laughs> and it, for me, it was like funny, you know. But he meant it seriously. It was. It was not making comedy. He believed what he was saying. In the same way, when you look at the faces on the screens people who were listening to him, even he made this funny like gesture or, you know, sending Holy Spirit upon all those who are listening to him through screen. Uh, they were taking that, they were believing that. And then, and then I look at the comments on this YouTube video, and there were a lot of people, a lot of comments when they were thinking and say, oh, I, I, I felt Holy Spirit. I said, what is the craziness in this? know and maybe this is like extreme example you know how we can be deluded like we can live in illusion somehow but there are there are maybe less funny less extreme ways how we take some kind of opinions of people how to live Christian life and follow them as, uh, because it fits to us, it's it's it causes that we are comfortable how we live that and uh, and and that 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 false teaching we hear not teach maybe these false opinions we hear uh, it is some kind brings up some kind of confidence that okay I'm I'm right I'm doing okay. Uh, does it make sense? I'm saying, and uh, this this is not something what is new in our area. It it this is one aspect which was common, which is common for our time and their time, because it was always there, you know. Some comments, or can we continue? Let's continue. 35. Mm -hmm. There are acts which appear to be good, but the motive of the person who does them is not good. And there are other acts which appear to be bad, while the motive of the, the doer is good. The same is true of some statements. 
this discrepancy is due sometimes to inexperience or ignorance, sometimes to evil intention, and sometimes to good intention. Well, interesting, isn't it? <coughs> well, this wisdom which is in this text should lead us to to afford to make good and correct discernment. Okay, now, we are in, among people, and we are confronted, their deeds, words, actions, they are touching us. And we have to be very careful how we, uh, judge those actions of the others because we don't know really their motives, their intentions. And St. Mark really says about some categories we have to keep in mind. Uh, we don't know what kind of intention is behind, it's in the hearts of people whose uh, actions somehow touch our life. And he says that it might be, for, uh, for us, first impression might be, for example, bad, that the action was bad. But we have to discern if the motive was bad or good. Sometimes, this intention was good, but uh, it turned out, out bad because they didn't have fullness of knowledge. For or they were not experienced. Uh, when uh, I came to my second passion, actually there was, there was, well, I, after communism, in some part of Slovakia when this pressure of, of uh, persecution was bigger, so you can feel that that uh, there was a missing this this some kind of knowledge, so because it, it was not allowed, and so <coughs> in the purge, <coughs> actually we had to start like from the beginning. Even like these liturgical things, they didn't know even like some some uh, uh, services. Well. Anyway, and so I knew that I have to be a little bit creative and, and to offer something more to raise this understanding, this like this intellectual knowledge a little bit. So I ordered like all kinds of uh, newspaper magazines, religious, they started to, to be published and it was like in the back of the church, but there was a table, and on the table I put books, I put this uh, newspaper for people to, to share, you know, that. And uh, one day I went to the church, I brought new like, magazines, everything. And I'm looking there and, oh, what is here? I, f I saw that like this magazine which was published by Joha Witnesses there. Oh. I said, what is that? You know? And so I started to, then to ask, and one old lady, she told me, you know, Father, I was, you know, I got this, and I wanted to help you, you know, I know what you are doing, so I brought it to church to share, <laughs> because it is about God. I said, all right. Now, what the action was bad was it was bad, but the intention was good. Mm -hmm. But this this act came uh, because her low knowledge, I would say, you know. So you can you have to discern that uh, the actions of the uh, people, you know, that sometimes intention is good, but it turns bad, and. Uh, uh, this is what St. Mark's tr trying to tell us, that be very slow in making judgment, you know, uh, because you don't know what is in the heart, why they did that. 
um, for sure, uh, it doesn't mean to be like silent if uh, he is going to talk about this later, but silent when you really are sure that something is going wrong, but your reaction should come only after you really make good discernment and 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 you know the reasons you know what is behind that does it make sense what kind of borders on situational ethics to me <laughs> what it kind of borders on situational ethics it depends on what the situation is it just borders on that Can you can you elaborate more on this? Well, depending on the intention of the person, the act is neither good or bad. It just depends on the intention or the situation, and that's situational ethics. And it just sounds a little bit. Well, I yeah I, I agree, I agree. But sounds I like think it. that that he is uh, through this text he uh, somehow pushes us. At least I understood this way that uh, it's like tool for fulfillment of this uh, command, do not judge. You know, I, I think, at, at least I understand is that it should help us, you know, to be very slow in this, uh, in judgment, to take into consideration all these uh, aspects which can be present there. Yes, and you are right, it can be Deform as everything, <laughs> you know. All right, let's go. When a man outwardly praises someone while accusing and disparaging him in his heart, it is hard for the simple to detect this. Similarly, a person may be outwardly humble but inwardly arrogant. For a long time, such men present falsehood as truth but later they are exposed and condemned. Yeah. All right, so he's talking about three groups of people. The first group, those are people who say praises above others, but in heart they hate them mm -hmm. or they have envy there or um, other bad movements um, and uh, but they praise the others because they expect some kind of benefit of that you know in the same way you are all right I, I, I have to stop because we put bad example <laughs> well anyway but I think that we all know that. Um, I remember who, who knew Michael Scala, you know, he was personal here. And once, uh, it was when Marc Camino went to Slovakia and Kishinev was here just alone and so he called me and said, well, you know what, come out, I, I'm inviting you for dinner. You know, that you are alone. I said, oh, well, okay. I went. And while we were eating, so there were many people who probably he came, we, we went to a place where we knew him, and a lot of people approached him, and they said, well, how are you? And smiling, and rubbing his shoulder, I said, I told Michael, you are very popular, you have a lot of friends. And he made this comment that, yeah, I have a lot of friends because of money. Mm -hmm. And I and, and the moment I understood that he really didn't care about those people. Mm -hmm. And he knew that this uh, reaction, friendly reaction, of, or showing the friendship, it was false for him. And he was able to recognize that. And I think that we all, we, we can recognize when somebody is praising us, uh, 
uh, and we feel, we know it is false. You know, that, uh, and, and this, it's fake because just those people do it because they might expect some benefit from us. So this is the first group of people he's talking about. The second group is people who try to be seen like humble, people of great humility. And uh, because this, this mask uh, causes that they want to be praised because of this humility. But, uh, but this pose uh, just only feeds their passion, vainglory or pride. And those people can be, can be in their acting uh, poison, uh, poisonous, you know, that they, they, they can hurt others. At first not because they can uh, pretend for a while, but in the end they cause damage to others. And the third group he's talking about is, uh, those are those people who are hurt from people from previous two groups, you know, who feel like effects of that um, pose or that this acting and, um, in some kind of painful way. Uh, uh, some mark, uh, uh, even with uh, in this text, he tells us well that or warns us that everything will be revealed, and the spirit of Phariseeism should not be present in our life, and uh, we should live accord our truth. And again, he he goes further in next text so we can un understand even how to act correctly. Let's go to 37. Mm -hmm. One man does something apparently good in defense of his neighbor. Another, by not doing it, gains in understanding. Okay, so this is like he con it gives us a little bit light what to do. That he says that uh, we have to do good deeds with correct discernment because uh, some some deeds, our actions can be seen like good ones, but they are not. For example, um, uh, for example, like blind love of parents towards children, when, when, which causes that parents ignore bad behavior of the child is good example because it seems that we are doing good for the children or the parents that are doing good something good for children actually that are causing bad things um, the same thing is that um, if we are saying like we want to console somebody brings consolation somebody who is suffering because of some kind of bad action and we try to cons give him consolation say, oh, yeah, it was not so bad you did, you did it well you know it turned just bad this is not wise to do because in the time that person doesn't need like this false assurance that he's or she is without fault uh, the person needs like this 
advice, you know, this was wrong, and each bad thing brings suffering, you know. So this is why he says that the others, uh, they do nothing, and it is much wiser in many cases. Because if we, if we are in situation that, for example, somebody is suffering because of of think that person did what was really wrong. It's not right for us to calm down his or her pain with false assurance that it was actually good. It's better at the time to be silent. If the person is not able to receive words of wisdom or correction, so it's better to be silent than to give false some kind of um, uh, consolation that well and, and actually we know that it is not not good for us. It's better to be not active, it means not to say anything. Maybe pray for that person. You know? Because you mentioned, like he was going to um, like visit a child who had cancer, and it's like a baby, and the parents were staying up with it, with the baby, like um, a long time. He got there, and he realized that he didn't need to give them a quote from scripture. He just needed to hold the baby so that they could go out and like be outside of the hospital room for a bit, and he just had to be there with the child. It's like the parents could, could do something. Yeah. He didn't have to give them any piece of wisdom. He just had to give them space and quiet. Yeah, yeah, this good act of, yeah. oh, but I think that this is good. But well, I think that Mark is saying that when we see that something's wrong, you know that, uh, and if we not if we see uh, or we feel that the person is not able to receive uh, correction. So it is better for us to be silent, to give him some kind of assurance that, well, it was not so bad. It was not so bad, you know? It's actually, this is very difficult because there is this, uh, In our heart, there is this urge to uh, bring peace to those who suffer. We don't like people. We don't like see people to suffer. And uh, I would say every like normal person, you know, uh, tries and ha feels this urge to do something to make this suffering like lighter or remove the suffering. And uh, I think that Mark wrote this text just because of that, because of this urge in us. If we don't make discernment, we can, uh, through our activity, affirm and confirm their own way or the wrongdoings which cause the suffering as a good ones. And this should, n should not be because then we are going against truth. You know, we, we are going against truth and, and uh, so he says that at the time it's, it's better for us not to react than to uh, go away from truth. And and it is tough at the time, many times to do this. But sometimes the silence that we, how we react uh, opens or brings opportunities uh, for 
discussions which can happen at that time or some, sometimes later when we can clarify what we felt, what we see and understand. And it's more useful than just uh, say, well, it's okay, everything's fine, don't worry. And if the person did something wrong, this is not correct approach. You know? If there is no calling for this repentance or fixing life, it's just, it, it might be dangerous. It might be dangerous. And, and it's one example, I would say that what is very present in, in very present in our uh, life is uh, how p parents many times react when they see their children going away from faith. You know, and many times they even like try to in situations go so oh at least you you believe in God at least you come on Christmas at least you you know it's difficult because many times you cannot do as a parent anything but with that so it's better it's better to say nothing and to pray than to give some kind of all right even this little what you are doing is okay, and I'm pleased by that. You know, it is it is uh, it's better to be silent and to pray in heart. Right. So let's continue. Rebukes may be given in malice and self-defense or out of fear of God and respect for truth. Okay. That's a hard one. Rebukes. Who loves this? Who loves to be rebuked? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. And, uh, well, again, this is not this text is not uh, aimed to be for us to well okay let's go the text teaches us that how, how many times how to react when somebody is criticizing us or we uh, okay I'm, I'm, well, let's start again. He says that some rebukes comes out from evil and, and uh, evil will, evil thoughts and uh, because we want to defend ourselves. And, and it is like normal that people who are not very sympathetic, uh, sympathical to us we are able to rebuke them uh, easier than people we like. And, uh, well, it is always like a sign of not loving heart. Otherwise, it, sometimes rebuke is um, like self-defense when we feel that we are losing our position, um, our status, um, like our dignity. And uh, then uh, we are, there's an inclination, as a result that there's a narrow inclination to rebuke others, to, to somehow 
make this our dignity, like the place to keep our dignity, our status, our, our position. So if we have this urge to say some criticism, we have to really at first make discernment why we are saying that. If it is from some kind of evil movement in your heart, or uh, we are uh, we are un- not secure. We feel some insecurity and we want to like make our position more firm. Or it is from fear of God. It means that we really, really care about salvation of the neighbor. So we have to make this discernment when we feel this urge to make this rebuke towards others. And now, in opposite way, if we are rebuked and criticized, we have to make the same discernment. And we have to ask why that person did it. If we find out that it was because of his weakness or her weakness, or um, evil will, so we can pray for the person. But we can we can come to conclusion that that person really cares about salvation, and he, the person did it because he loves <coughs> us. And uh, then we should be thankful for that especially when he opens our eyes for very serious things in our life. So, again, what it, it is like second text where St. Mark today uh, forces us to be slow in our reaction and conclusions and to make these conclusions after good discernment. And, and it is very important to remember that because uh, our inclination is to assume what is bad like um, quickly, very fast, and to, and to make judgment with that person. And, and it, is, it is really very, very difficult, uh, especially when you want to help. And I think that everybody who, like parents, they have this, this experience very often when they try to not criticize, but to rebuke maybe children if there is if they see they're heading wrong way and it's not received well. Priests they have the same experience because well if they see uh, uh, if they see that well something heading wrong and they say well this is not right uh, so almost immediately they are understood in this negative way. Especially from ladies. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> you know, but... <laughs> no, well, maybe it is because I recently I heard one, like, experience from priest, he... He said that um, he got satisfaction after years, you know, because um, a girl, young girl from, or a young lady from his parish, she, she was dating a man who was not Catholic, Protestant, and the priest told that, that lady, she said, you know, be careful, because it is, if you marry not Catholic doesn't mean that it's the wrong person, but, well, you will not have the same path. So it will be much 
difficult for you to maintain your household if you are going one here, one here, and for example Sunday, or if he doesn't go anywhere and you are going, so it 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 will be very difficult for you and and well, he said that at the time it was like war. She declared on me, you know that how I dare this perfect man and etc. etc. She and he said now after years, you know she came and said you were right, you were right, and and. But she made hell for him, you know, uh, made hell, I, I think that she caused him a lot of hard times, you know, and, uh, and it was not something what, uh, what was wrong, it was like just this, this just, just thought for, okay, you should take this to consideration. You know, and and many times it's it turns this way. So and 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 this is something what what I think every, each of us we have this inclination to take things in similar way, very personally, and in uh, this uh, negative understanding, you no know, sense, and so Mark. So tells us, well, at first, give time to this thing. Think, because it might be this rebuke or this advice or some kind of criticism could come out from a fear of God that the person has this fear of God and, and because of that he sees that you are in danger and difficulty and he wants to help you. And he does it because of love. So we have to be very careful. We have, if this from evil thought, then we come to conclusion because that person did it because of bad will, uh, uh, with wrong bad intention. So well, okay. So when we calm down and we make this discernment, so then we will forgive that person and we will be praying for that person. But if we don't give time to process that, we'll make very bad, very bad decisions in our life. Okay, so I'll stop here. I think it was too much for Craig. Craig, there's a couple of things came to mind of all the different things about judgment and things through and you know reserving judgment and things like that throughout this entire thing and I remember when we used to go to downtown in liturgy during the week at, uh, at work break from work and we'd run in there and there's this guy who'd come in every day he wouldn't speak he wouldn't say anything he wouldn't acknowledge anyone people would walk up to him and say hello he'd just keep walking and go to his pew do his prayers, go up, receive communion, leave. And this went on for months and months. And slowly, all the older, middle-aged women, why does that guy even come here? He's, he's angry. He, he's got to be evil. There's something wrong with him. And it, and it just kept building and building. And we're watching this. My friend and I, who used to do apologetics together, and we were like, just leave the poor guy alone. You know what I mean? You don't know what he's going through. And it kept continuing and continuing. This, I'm talking six months. And finally, it was like... 75% of the people that were going there wanted to string this guy up. They were just so angry with him. He won't smile, he won't acknowledge you, this and that. And four or five of these ladies confronted him out in this little section going out the door. And he turns around and he says, lady, this is the only thing that's keeping me from killing anyone. So leave me alone. And he walked out the door. And we were like, geez, you know, that was pretty violent. <laughs> the priest, comes over and says, would you just leave the guy alone? Quit, quit bothering him. You know, just let him do his thing. And the one lady says, I want a damn explanation of why you can be that mean. And he goes, his twin daughters were run over by a bus and died a year ago. His wife committed suicide and he just got diagnosed with terminal cancer. Leave the guy alone. 
But six months, it was distracting everybody in the church. Everybody was, you know, angry, upset, this and that, passing, you know, well, who is this guy? Is he even Catholic? You know what I mean? It was disrupting all of their spirituality, their focus on the liturgy, because they didn't have the answer of who this guy was and what he was doing. Huh. So, yeah. there was a, it just reminded me there was a pastor came out of the rectory and he was going to go to celebrate morning mass and there were like a little huddle of women there. Mm-hmm. And, they, and he, they're like clucking and, and he says, what's the problem? And he, they said, there's a great big black man in there and we don't know what he wants. He said, he wants to go to mass. It was one of the Cleveland Cavaliers who happened to be Catholic. You know? In fact, the guy's mother called the priest and said, listen, if he's not in church on Sunday, you call me and tell me. Because I'm going to go to church on Sunday. You know? Exactly. So, but it's like, go inside of my own business. He's like, joke, which was said in one sketch, you know, talking that it was about men who got flat tire in the middle of night. You know, there's like roads in the forest and he didn't have like his second, uh, he didn't have that. What is that? The jack. The jack. jack, not jack, the for unscrew the stuff. Oh, the lug nuts. Oh, yes. uh, the lug wrench. Yes. Yeah. So he didn't know what to do. So he looked around, he saw a light, like through the trees, the flowers, somebody's living there. So he started to walk towards the light. And he was in mind thinking that, oh, who knows what kind of people are living there. And he continued and said, well, maybe there are very bad people there. Maybe I will come there and they will not open the door for me. Or maybe they open and maybe they will not give to me that what I need. Maybe that will be like angry, uh, like the answer. And was thinking that, and finally came in with the thought, piling up in his mind. He knocked on the door, and then opened, and he said, "Give this wrench, them wrench for yourself. I don't need that." <laughs> So we, we are sometimes like victims of our own thoughts exactly. and it's damaging our life. It's called awfulizing. I know the most awful thing is going to happen and you can sometimes make it happen by doing that. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. All right. Thank you.